Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Eagleburg Church Leadership Podcast. My name is John Alexander, and I'm here with my co-host, Don Grafham. Don, man, how are you doing, actually? I am doing well, John. We're still, we're still doing this, still doing this over Zoom, and we're still in different places. One day, one day we're going to be back under the same roof, but for now, we, we, we press on. Oh, we just man. keep moving forward. These podcasts must can, the show <laughs> must go on, as they say, John. So we yep. press on, and I'm looking forward to today's uh, today's episode. Yes, you got today's it. You nailed it. Conversation because we got a rock star here to to show us and uh, share his wisdom with us today. This is going to be awesome. That's right. We got a special guest with us today. His name is TJ Therian, who is our creative director at Eagle Brook Church. TJ, good hey to John, see you and hear you too. How are you? Great to see you and hear you. I'm doing great. I think I prefer to see you guys over Zoom as opposed to <laughs> in the same room. <laughs> Kidding, of course. Miss you guys. But yeah, thanks for having me on. This is a great podcast. I'm a huge fan. I'm a listener. And it's a pleasure being here with you. Hey, thanks for finding some quiet in your house too, because you've got like a ton of kids who are, they're quiet right now. They're gone. You just sent them packing. Where, where yeah, we just, send, we just send them out. We tell them to be <laughs> home by dinner. <laughs> Uh, just kidding. They're they're with their grandparents and doing just fine. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about the creative process at churches and why you would brand. Hang on. Let us explain it. Why you would brand for a church. But first, TJ, I think people are wondering what exactly does a creative director do at a church? That is a great question. And I will let you know when I find out. <laughs> Oh, now, what I've learned now, I've only been a creative director for a couple of years. And um, what I have learned is that creative directors are so different from church to church and even organization to organization. Uh, my role at Eagle Brook is more of a creative team leader. So I oversee our creative video and creative writing, motion graphic teams, as well as our uh, graphic designers. Um, it's an honor. Such a great, talented team. Very creative people. I am less creative than all of them, but I love uh, collaborating with them every day. So today, you know, we're we're in 2020 here. We're nine campuses, and we, if in case people don't know, we broadcast our online experience uh, from one of our campuses, the Lionel Lakes campus, and then we broadcast our messages from that same campus to all of our locations. So they have live music, live kids, live pastoral staff, except for the message, which is broadcast from Lino to the other eight locations. Again, nine total. The music and the ministry are all very similar. You know, we often talk about that, that we're a Starbucks. You know, there's different types of stores. There's There's different sizes. There's different locations. But for the most part, we're going to offer the same types of drinks. This is how you make a mocha. This is how you make a cappuccino. Does Starbucks even offer cappuccinos even more? I don't even know. This is the menu. But you know, when it comes to product placement, you can shift things around here and there. But for the most part, when you walk into a Starbucks, you know it's a Starbucks. You just get the same feel, the same color, the same look. You know if you're going to order a mocha, that mocha should be the same whether you order it in Blaine, Minnesota or White Bear Lake, Minnesota, it's going to be the same mocha. But here's the tension we face. Now, we want that same experience. When people walk into one of our campuses, we want them to say, that's Eagle Brook. Again, whether it's at Spring Lake Park or Wyzetta or Lionel Lakes, they just they know when they walk into it, they're going to get the same Eagle Brook 
experience, but the tension we face is that it's really hard to maintain that consistency, right? But that's why we do focus on a brand. We want people to know and trust when they go to an Eagle Brook location, that's going to be the Eagle Brook they have come to know and trust. Now, before I go any further, I want to address this right out of the gate. And I know some Christians and you know some church leaders who are bristling at the word brand. I mean, isn't that a corporate word? That's for the business world. Does Jesus really need a brand, TJ? Does Jesus really need a brand? (laughs) I'm not sure Jesus needs a brand. And I'm not sure he needs any, you know, anything from us. But I I would argue, uh, as weird as it is to say, I would argue that he he has a brand. Um, I think everything, everybody has a brand. Um, I think what we need to do is go back and define what is a brand? What do, how would you define brand? And the way that I would say it, and the way that we use it at Eagle Brook, uh, pretty simply is here, here's how others perceive you. So a brand, it, it, it's how people perceive us as a church. It's how our companies are perceived by people uh, and, and, you know, wrong or right, sometimes you have control of what that brand is, but a, a lot of the times it's out of your control because again, it's how people perceive and interact with, with you. Yeah. And we often say that that brand is either intentionally created, you're a part of intentionally creating that, or it's created by other people for you. <laughs> So either way, you're going to have this brand. Again, you defined it as how other people perceive you. And either you're going to be intentional about it or or not. So Don, anything to add to that? I mean, people bristle at that word. You've worked with all kinds of church leaders in previous roles. Why do you think people bristle at it? And what would you have to say to those people? Yeah, I love that you brought it up right away too, because (laughs) it would have been easy just to kind of press through and talk about why it's important to us. But really to demystify it and, uh, and acknowledge that it does sound a little corporate. I mean, I think if we knew a better word, we'd probably choose it, but the word brand seems to make sense. And I'm glad you even brought in the Starbucks example. I think that's a good one of when you see a Starbucks logo or star Starbucks store, you just know what to expect when you walk in, as opposed to if you go to Bob's coffee shop, or Dave's coffee shop. You know Bob's running a coffee shop now. Bob, <laughs> like, Bob, our, like our old senior pastor. Yeah, that's right. That's okay, where he goes. Yeah, but yeah. but would you ever go to his coffee shop? Well, you don't no. really know, actually. <laughs> Probably not. But that's exactly that's that's exactly the point, though. Is that if you go to Bob's coffee shop, you don't know what to expect. You go to Starbucks, you actually really know what to expect. And there's something about that predictability that creates trust. And I would say in brand, you're creating a value of consistency and efficiency, which we'll talk about along the way, but it ultimately leads to trust. And if I were to just kind of boil it down, I think brand building is trust building. I mean, we are building trust with people and it's why when you open up in Rochester and no one's been to an Eagle Brook church in Rochester, over a thousand people show up on 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 the first weekend because the, the brand and the trust has been built over a period of time, being consistent in different experiences, different locations over a period of years, and then people just trust us. So, so there's some value to it. Let's just be honest. Even if you're a skeptic, just hang with it for the next you know few minutes here as we talk about this. Yeah, and I, I would add too, the reason we want to build trust is because we have the greatest mission on the planet. 
So we want people who are naturally not going to trust churches. They're not going to trust religion. They're not going to trust Jesus, or at least what they think they know who Jesus is or how they think, you know, they know who, what Jesus is all about, but we have the greatest mission on the planet. So we want to build that trust and we want to be intentional with it. So when we're consistent with that, again, brand, they come to trust us and we're going to get there in a second, how that fits into our mission. But when we're consistent, um, they come to trust us that therefore it's feeding into our mission of reaching people who are far from Christ. And I would, I have already said this, but I want to just say it again, either we make the Eagle Brook church experience or it's going to be made for us. People are going to perceive us whether we're intentional about it or not. One thing that TJ and I have often talked about is that branding and when thinking about creating message series graphics or videos or just um, marketing tools, branding really is the art of aligning what you want people to think about your organization with what people actually do think about your organization. In other words, we want to be intentional before we create those things to think about, man, what is the brand we want to create? so that we can actually align it with reality. So we're being intentional with the things we're creating. So Don, Don, flipping this back to you, and we were kind of getting there just a little bit, how does this conversation actually fit into our mission? I mean, again, why does trust building matter so much when it comes to our mission, which is to reach people who are far from Christ? Well, I, I, I think building trust is a bit of a cornerstone for our church or maybe the church. Because if, if you think about it, I have a friend that I want to bring to church. I've been praying for this person. I've been building a relationship with this person. And one day I'm hoping that they're going to come to church and this might be the weekend. This is the weekend that they're come. They're going to come. And if you have some weekends where you, uh, you know, make it difficult for the outsider or they feel like an outcast in any way, well, I'm going to be hesitant as an inviter and it has the real potential to be an off-putting experience for the person that's coming. So even if a church says, you know, this weekend's a family weekend, you know, for like us as a family, I'm just going to speak to the, the, the attenders of this church for a while. Let's not worry about the outsider. You only need to do that once or twice. I mean, even if most of your services are gauged to an outsider, to helping people that don't usually come to your church, and then you're kind of focused in on the insiders every once in a while, it's losing trust for me to say, this is the weekend I can bring my friend to church. And so by being predictable and creating an experience that's always welcoming to a person that's there for the first time, builds trust so that I can invite my friend on any given weekend. And that lines up directly with our mission is we want people to trust us with one of their greatest friendships, whether it's with a family member or a colleague or a a neighbor, whatever it is, so that when they bring us, they can trust that experience. And ultimately, so that stuff all goes out of the way and God can speak directly to their hearts, which is what our desire is in the first place. Gosh, how you know, I, I, well, yeah. One thing I'd add here is I think there's no better marker for how your brand is doing, how people are perceiving you or your organization or your church, than are they willing to share it with someone else? I do this a lot, but I love... Twizzlers. 
Twizzlers are my favorite brand of candy. And I am highly likely to recommend both of you have some Twizzlers <laughs> at some point here in the next few weeks. That's because I have a built up trust with it. I know what we're going to expect. I know it's the best candy on earth. However, I, I grew up a red vine person and Twizzlers was hard to adopt. I've slowly done that, but we're still a red vine family. Just I'll tell you what, red, red vines <laughs> make great straws, <laughs> but they aren't better than Twizzlers. Now, if you go off brand and you, you haven't experienced a, a knockoff type of a licorice, you're probably less likely. So just to reiterate, uh, what you guys are saying is spot on when people uh, are able to trust what they're going to invite their friends to. Uh, that's, that, that's a marker for us knowing that we are, we are uh, sh- shrinking that gap between what our brand is and how people perceive yeah, that's it. That's it. That's good. Hey, TJ, back to you. If, if you boil down our creative brand at Eagle Birth Church, and, and I've been asked this question too, and I'm sure you have too, what would you say? What is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a hard question. Um, some language we've used is uh, that we, we strive to provide an experience that unchurched people find authentic and applicable so that they are compelled to engage. So a couple of words in there, authentic, and and applicable, uh, you know. When I think about a church our size, and and uh, we've seen we've seen growth over the past several years. More people are coming. More people are inviting. That's a good thing. Uh, but one thing that we want to make sure we do is is stay personal and think small, um, so that we can remain authentic. And 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 in our teachings, we want to make sure that we're boiling it down to. Uh, from these high level concepts to how can this help somebody on Monday? How can they, how can they learn something from God's word and apply it to their life? So authentic and applicable are two key words uh, within our brand. Yeah, that's great. Well, obviously, you know, the bigger we get, the harder it is to keep our brand aligned. So this is actually the two people that would talk about this the most, the three people with all three of us, Don, someone who oversees the campus experience, TJ, who's representing the creative brand. Um, TJ, I'll kick it to you first. How do we keep our brand aligned? So how do we maintain that consistency, continue to foster that trust the bigger we get? Well, I know you love baseball, John. Mm, you Don know doesn't. I do too. Don doesn't. He won't get it. But <laughs> that's not true. Come on. Come on. Don, Don likes baseball. He's more of a hockey guy. And yeah, can't yeah. But I, I, I played baseball through high school too, if that matters. <laughs> I was a non-impact player. But. And you played with Dan Wilson, who was a major league baseball player for the Seattle Mariners and one of my childhood heroes. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a kid, I played a lot of pickup baseball at the park. And, you know, you played with a couple of friends, one-on-one, two-on-two. Everyone got along. It was, it was easy. But then a few other neighborhood kids would show up and then a few more. And all of a sudden, we had all of these kids, you know, maybe 10 of us trying to play this unorganized game. The rules are unclear. And we end up arguing after every play. He's safe. He's out. <laughs> I tagged you. That was foul. And we had no guidelines whatsoever. And everyone had different opinions. So we spent more time arguing than actually playing the game. Uh, and now I watch my kids play, and it's the same thing over and over. <laughs> yes. But I would say one of our goals as a staff is to spend less time arguing about the rules and the guidelines and more time playing the game and mm. doing our mission. So this goes, this goes back to, you know, Don, you talked about cheese balls, maybe a couple 
uh, episodes ago. Um, But to keep our entire church aligned with our brand, we've had to build some clear guidelines around what people see, for instance. So, so our team creates certain graphics. Uh, we work with, you know, the team, uh, the communications team who does all of our social media. And when we do videos, of course, what people read. So the words we use, maybe words we don't use our tone as a church and, and how people experience our weekend services. Um, so again, building a framework so that we aren't just making it up all, you know, across all the campuses, but really we're all playing to the same guidelines. Hmm. That's great, man. I love that. Just to spend less time arguing about the rules and more time playing the game. And so the reason we even create those guidelines so that people can focus on playing the game and (laughs) argue less about the guidelines. So Don, going to you now, um, you know, this has worked at times, other times it hasn't. How have you seen us be successful or not in this regard? Because you've been around Eagle Brook a long time from two campuses to nine. That's right. Uh, well, I was there when it was one campus. So, oh yeah, yeah, right. all the way back, John. That's right. I forgot uh, how old you truly were. I, I am that old. I've been around <laughs> sixteen years on staff. We were attending eight, you know, two years prior. So, I've been around eighteen years. We've seen seen some change around here, which is is awesome. But you're right. How do you, as it grows, how do you keep people on the same page? And that is part of the challenge: is continuing to communicate the guidelines, continuing to just. I mean, I. I, I think even this is almost a bit of a silly example, but the fact that you guys created a web page that we as staff members use that tells us what font to use, what colors to use, and has some templates that we can even use on like a PowerPoint thing. I mean, again, that's kind of a silly example, but it's just one of those ways that we're all going to sing the same song. We're all going to have kind of the same appearance. We're all going to have appearance, meaning like our presentation and digital display of some kind. So so I do think there's something great in the unity when we're all singing the same song, when we're all aligned, when we're all going the same direction. And to TJ's words, we can stop the friendly fire where we're, we're shooting each other because the enemy's out there. So let's all align. And what if we all aligned from large sites to smaller sites? And even as I thought about that, TJ just mentioned this in passing, like when we create a world-class video, which our team does all the time. You know, a smaller site like Rochester, I just mentioned, or Lakeville, Wyzetta, whatever, they experience that same service, that same video that a larger site experiences. So the smaller sites are experiencing the benefits of being a part of a church this size because we're all going the same way, the same direction, and somewhat in unison. So the success of it is when we are unified. The difficulty is that we're not always unified and that to be honest, there's still friendly fire at times. There's times where somebody could say, I don't like that video. I might not play it or uh, I don't like that song, but I guess I'll begrudgingly do that. Or that initiative is one that I'm not really on board with, but maybe I'll just do it. I'll placate to it. you know. So I, I think that's when it's not working well is when people have to feel like they've surrendered their creativity or even their personality. And that's a struggle. But but the more we can get in front of this and tell people about the, the beauty of it, the importance of it, uh, of being aligned and going the same way, the same direction, that so that we can do God's mission to uh, our greatest potential, I think people can get on board with it. And we've seen that happen. And that's when we're really at our best, is when a church all throughout the Twin Cities, Rochester and beyond is all going the same way, same direction. Yeah, that's really good. 
Hey, TJ, just recently, we went away for a day to plan the next year's teaching series. Don, you were there too. And this winter, this is a sneak peek. So for our moms and our wives and our, you know, tens of thousands of podcast listeners, you are going to get, <laughs> I'm exaggerating about that number. Uh, we Sneak peek to this January, we have a, a series that we are planning called Up North, A Midwesterner's Guide to Love. Oh, just brilliant. By the way, I was talking to someone on the phone today who said the word ope. Ope oh, is, a told- mid- is a Minnesota word. Ope. I'm, I'm telling she you, said, I say it 20 times a day. And she added, do you notice that or no is a thing? So, hey, do you want to go shopping or no? Or no. People say that a lot. She said it has Germanic roots, which is based here in Minnesota. But anyways. Interesting. Um, so, so we're taking phrases that people use in Minnesota, like oofda. And we're going to talk about relationships. So we're just super excited about the series. Got all kinds of potential. TJ, give us a a sneak peek. You're not there yet, but walk us through what the creative process would look like to plan this series. Yep, that's a great question. We we start the creative process for a message series, any message series on the weekend, three months before the church ever hears about it. So three months prior to the service starting, our creative team uh, will make sure we have the vision and uh, the ideas from our leadership team, from our teaching team that we need so that we can begin ideating around visuals and written concepts and, and how are we going to talk about this series uh, for something as simple as giving you a tool to invite your friend to it kind of a thing. So it's a huge collaboration. Again, it starts three months before the series. And from week to week, our team, uh, again, mixed of writers and designers and uh, video producers all speak into each other's work. So it's really collaborative. And ultimately, through many revisions, many rounds of feedback, uh, we'll create a series brand. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that will include you know, the visual, the artwork, different graphics we'll use for social, the direction for videos, uh, how we write about it, uh, that ultimately will set up Somebody like you, John, or you know Jason on the weekend, our campus pastors, to promote it on the weekend uh, in a compelling way that's going to help our attenders understand, here's what it is, here's why it matters, and here's why you want to invite your friend to it. That's good. Yeah, so what, one, one interesting thing is we'll typically see anywhere between five and ten different designs at first, and then we'll narrow it down to two or three. So up North, A Midwesterner's Guide to Love, I think is going to be a very fun series. It might be called A Minnesotan's Guide to Love, John, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so what, what, one unique thing about the process is we see v- different variations of what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like, uh, and then we start brainstorming from there. Maybe we'll create a promo video that'll air on Christmas. You know, I would assume this series where we might tap into some self-deprecating humor about what it's like to be a Midwesterner using goofy words like "ope," <laughs> and um, that'll help direct our creative tone. And then once we get closer to the series, we'll work with the teaching team uh, to see how we can support the messages with stories and creative illustrations that really help drive the points of the yeah. messages home. Yeah, so it's an extensive process. And 
Um, I just want to ask both of you, you know, turning our attention to other church leaders or business owners who are listening to this, you know, we've got a creative team of when you're thinking about media design, um, motion graphics types people, we've probably got 18, 19 people on the creative team. TJ, is that the latest count? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but not every church has that. Um, not every business has that. They maybe got one person who can do some design, one person can do video, you know, a couple people here and there. So maybe for just a moment, both of you, um, and TJ, we'll start with you. Why don't you speak to church leaders or business leaders who, who do want to be more creative? They do want to our, our start, start to articulate and create a brand. Like what are just a couple things they could do right now to go after this, increase their creativity? Yeah. One thing I'd say is simplify, really simplify what you're trying to do. Um, if you don't have a large staff, maybe it's just you. Don't try to do all the things. Just pick one thing and do it really well. Um, I would also say challenge your connotation with the word creativity. Uh, the way that I've really heard it described well is creativity is problem solving. We're all solving problems. My dad is an example. My dad is not a very creative person. He's very analytical. Uh, he's great with numbers. He's organized. But he actually is really creative. He had a, uh, a sandal made of leather that he wore for 15 years. And finally, the snap broke. Thank goodness. Throw those away. Wrong. He said, I'm going to solve this problem. I don't want to buy new sandals. So he used duct tape and he, he found a way to Jimmy rig those sandals back together. He's walking around with duct tape on his sandals. My, my mom doesn't like it, but that, that's an example that creativity doesn't have to be these wild abstract ideas. It's you're solving problems. Everybody is creative on a tangible level. I'd say a couple of things and I want to hear from Don, but I would say creativity requires a system so number one, you have to plan to be creative. Uh, if you lack a process, here's, here are three steps that, that we use. Number one, step one, ideate. So include outside voices, seek input, uh, ideate. Put all the ideas down. Number two, lock in on an idea and then develop it. Mm-hmm. So vet the ideas solve the problems, choose the path that's going to get you to your goal, solicit feedback along the way, but really develop that. And number three, you got to execute it. So make it happen. Maybe you can't do it, but you could, you could work with somebody else who can help you execute on your ideas. That's good. Don, what would you say? Well, I just, that was gold right there. What you said that those three points, I hope everybody like writes those down. I mean, you know, it's interesting though, and we haven't really even talked about this much, but but different people engage different parts of that three-part process in a different way. Like, like you can invite me to any ideation station, you know, like I love to be a part of that initial brainstorming, but even when you're talking about whether to call it Minnesota or up North, I honestly could care less. Like I don't even want to be in that conversation (laughs) because when it comes down to like the fine tuning there are people that are really good at that and they know just how to say the right thing at the, you know, that last second. That's not me. Like I'm in that initial part. I enjoy being a part of that initial brainstorming, but as it gets down to that, that final 10%, like, I mean, that's kind of nauseating to me, honestly. Like I just, I don't want to be a part there. So the fact that I often am engaged in that beginning, you know, you guys have learned how to put me in, in the right place and then push me out of it when it comes down to the wordsmithing. So I think, 
even just thinking about this out loud with you, I, I think different people for different phases is maybe something to think about too. And to be okay that it's not the same people all the way through that process. How do you get the right people engaged at the right time so that you have the best ideas moving to the top of the page? And maybe that's my last thought is that in the creative process to me, the most important thing is that the best idea rises to the top. And in order for that to happen, you have to trust each other and you have to be okay disagreeing with each other. You have to have the right people in the room so they don't take it personally too when they say, you know, it should be Minnesota as opposed to up north and they don't feel personally dinged by that. And like the fact that we got to have this, this day where we talked about the upcoming messages, like it was us three and a couple other guys. And I, I love you guys. I mean, honestly, I do love you guys. And we have that relationship going in there that we can disagree and even say like, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> and we all laugh at it and kind of move on, you know, but it's, but if you have the wrong people in the room, that kind of, you know, banter with each other would just make people shrivel and even lose the creative outlet for the whole team. And so you need to have the right people. I would say a phrase to even think about is creativity requires great chemistry. Mm. I mean, you have to have the right people in the room that care for each other, love each other with the egos checked at the door. Because it is not about your idea getting to the top, which to be totally honest, that's what sometimes is under the current is how many of my ideas rose to the top. It's not about that. It's about getting the best idea to the top and healthy teams will figure out a way to make that work. So I love that we're talking about this and I hope churches will start to apply some of that too that are looking to get more creative. That's yeah. so well said. Yeah, so well said. Really good, you guys. You know, I think too, as we enter into um, the next seasons of being a church and um, figuring out how to reach people who are far from God, it, there's a lot of challenges when it comes to being a creative person um, because that's all that target is always changing. I mean, what it takes to reach someone who was unchurched 10 years ago is very different than what it takes to reach someone's unchurched today. I mean, it just changes by the day what's going to really hit that felt need for people. But at the end of the day, everyone needs help with how to get through Monday. <laughs> Um, everyone needs help with their marriage. Everyone needs help with how to raise their kids. Everyone needs help with their money. Everyone needs help with how to be just a better, morally sound person. I mean, there's just, there are things at the root of um, every single person. That, that target, although it shifts what it takes to appeal to those people, um, the felt needs don't change much, but th- it's going to be a constant challenge for you, TJ. You're the right person to lead us. Um, you're a fantastic creative director. And Don, of course, the partnership that you have with the central creative teams is just so crucial because it's that trust um, that we even have with one another. It's that chemistry. And so there's going to be lots of challenges um, when it comes to branding for a church. And uh, But I'm just confident that, that uh, you two especially will be able to figure that out. A- any final things to add on why you would brand for a church or anything that church leaders or other business leaders should pay attention to? I think what we are charged to do as churches is actually, a, it's, it's a massive mission to try to reach all people. It, it would be nice to create a brand around a very specific target audience. Our mission is to reach people who love dogs. That would be really easy. We could hone in on that. And, uh, and maybe the next year, our mission is to reach people who love cats. And I, I, well, that wouldn't be a mission, but, uh, what I would say is it would be nice to have a very focused target audience. And I think that's just one challenge that we will always deal with 
as a church. And I think any church will, will deal with that because our mission is so grand. We want to reach all people who don't have Jesus in their lives. So how do you define that audience? How do you really uh, brand and, and, and target all people instead of a very specific audience? And I think that's just a big challenge that we face and we have to continue to press into um, how to do that well, no matter age, demographic, you know, anything. That's good. I think I'll just add to that, TJ, which is perfectly said. Not only is it so big, it is so urgent. I mean, the world is a dark place getting darker by the minute. And we must become, I'm just going to say the word, more efficient. We need to be efficient in reaching as many people, for God's sake, as possible. Because marriages are broken, families are dysfunctional, kids are wayward, and it's all in our community. It's all around us. And so the church needs to pull together and whatever we can do to encourage each other, get more creative and align so that we can reach more people for Christ is what we're called to do. And I think by building a repeatable, reliable experience over a period of time builds that trust so that people can bring their friends. They can trust the church, your church, so that they can bring their friends there and we can reach more people for his sake. We have a sense of urgency that we must get after this as effectively and as efficiently as possible. Mm, So well said. That's a great sign off, Don. TJ, thanks for joining us. You're a great special guest. Uh, Maybe you'll be a special guest again someday. We'll see. Don, as always, insightful, wise. Um, You're just brilliant. And so that's all we got for this episode. Um, Can you do us a favor? Can you subscribe wherever you listen to this Um, whatever platform you listen to this on. That way you'll get notifications when we release the next episode of the Eagle Brook Church Leadership Podcast. And we'd love to know your thoughts. So leave a comment, shoot us an email. Um, Our hope is that as you get better as a leader, the church ultimately gets better. So thanks for joining us. And we'll see you for the next episode of the Eagle Brook Church Leadership Podcast. Mm